Also, good to be with you. Another week of Soccer Weekly here on the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA, 710. I am Dave Denholm. And it is a joke to try to play football in Yankee Stadium. I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry that I got to tell the truth. 2-2 draw LAFC and NYCFC. You heard my call on the ESPN app. We are the home of the black and gold Los Angeles football club here in Southern California. And look, we'll we'll break down more what happened around MLS, LAF, or LA Galaxy, get a nice win. But LAFC traveled to New York, and look, we know the situation in Yankee Stadium, but it is brutal. And I'm not saying this because they lost some game, right? They didn't go in there and get dr- drubbed 4-0, and I'm just bitter. It was a 2-2 draw. It was an even game. It was a der- deserved scoreline for both teams. And that is that place is impossible to play soccer in. They claim it's 110 by 70, which is the bare minimum in MLS requirements. I don't know how it's possible that it's that big. And it's a joke. You can't. There's a reason NYCFC had one loss at home to go along with 12 wins and four, four draws. And it's not just they're, that they're a good team. Yeah, they're a good team. They were last year. They're decent this year. I think they still got to kind of find their way under Dome Toronto. And they may. They've got some nice talent, certainly. But they know how to play in that absolute box of a stadium configured for soccer. It's not meant for that. It's the house that Ruth built, not the house that Pele built. And it's just unplayable. It's unwatchable. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to call the game. It's like ping pong. It's like it's pinball. It's whatever cliche you want to use. Impossible to play real football there. It just is. And don't at me at Talk Soccer about that. I know I look, I'm not mocking NYCFC fans. They're great. They're doing well. The club's doing well. I get it. But the situation must be resolved sooner rather than later. And we can't just have, you know, lip service on how they're looking for a stadium site and they're trying. I understand it's New York. Well, you knew where you were putting the team. You didn't accidentally get dropped into NYCFC. You didn't just accidentally get dropped in NYC. You knew where it was going, so figure it out. Because this is untenable. I mean, just can't even play football there. So kudos to LAFC for getting a draw. New York City is a tough place to go and play at Yankee Stadium to try to expect much of anything. Other than you know it's going to be a whole bunch of shots, a whole bunch of offense throwing at everybody's face. And LAFC held up and, and did well, coming back twice in that match from a goal down. And his name is Carlos Vela. I say it week in and week out. His name is Carlos Vela. There has never been a player that can do what Carlos Vela can do in MLS. There have been some great players. Yes, some of them had better careers than Carlos Vela. Absolutely. One of them plays for LA Galaxy. Well, he's injured now, but not to rub salt in that injury because we hope for uh, nothing but health out of all players. And you want Zlatan back as soon as... Zlatan's a better football player than Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela does stuff that no one can do or has ever done at MLS. Just the subtlest things. And it's getting him time and space, game in and game out, All anybody can do against Vela so far is chop him down. That's it. 
That is the only recipe to stop Carlos Vela. That's it. Or you hope he has a bad game. In other words, it's just all him. Two more goals for Vela. One in the 43rd, which was an unbelievable run, and Latif just fed him to perfection. There's a reason my old man, who doesn't really care that much about soccer up until, I don't know, I wore him down over the many decades of talking about it, so maybe the last three, four years, he's starting to kind of get it. Now he kind of follows LAFC a lot closer. He loves Latif Blessing. He'll tell you. My dad knows everything about sports except for soccer. He'll tell you that. He's just getting into the game. He knows Latif Blessing's value, being a sports fan and really knowing all sports. He loves Latif. Favorite player. Well, he just happens to step in right in the heart of a midfield without Lee Wynn. And, oh, yeah, an assist that looked like, well, like oftentimes Lee Wynn to have a great pass. Latif's pass to Carlos Vela on the LAFC first goal, a thing of beauty. All four goals were nice. Now, Latif also drew the penalty. Carlos Vela took it to perfection, but Latif really did a great job drawing the PK. So it was a good game from that perspective. Again, playing on that pitch is just untenable. You just can't do it. It's not real soccer. It becomes something interesting at times, but that's no substitute for what real soccer should be. And LAFC just had to grind it out. And now you don't have to go back there next year. You wait for another, thankfully. So, certainly an even game by all accounts, virtually statistically for the most part. I know, according to the stats, that NYCFC had the lion's share of possession. That's not a surprise on that pitch. LAFC was still trying to figure out spacing in the 70th minute, for crying out loud. Because they just, it's just impossible to prepare for that. But it was a, a good win that Carlos Vela again shows time and again why he's so special. There's just nobody like him in the league, and there's some great, great players in MLS right now. Really. If you love soccer and you like to listen to me talk about other leagues and stuff, that's great. I love you you know, coming here. We love football. We love world football. MLS is so criminally underrated right now, it's not even funny with what's going on with some of the with some of the players in this league. Now, some of them play right down the road. The 12-mile derby with the LA Galaxy, and the Galaxy got a spectacular win. I, I don't say that lightly. You wouldn't think beating Minnesota at home could be called a spectacular victory unless you somehow won, you know, 6-7-0 and played the best game in the history of the franchise or something, but that's not even necessarily the case. LA, LA Galaxy just gritted it out against one of the much-improved teams in the league. And LA Galaxy needed it after a bad performance on the road in Dallas. Still without Zlatan, they go up 2-0 and they get a 3-2 win that really was much more Galaxy. You know, Credit to Minnesota, as I said, they're so much better that they battled back. But realistically, it was you know a 3-1 game. They got a late goal did Minnesota to make it tight, rightfully so. But LA Galaxy were really the better team. And they are much better under Guillermo Berescoloto and Dennis DeCloso, what he's building. Uriel Antuna, the the loan, the kid on loan from Man City, very good. I love what Joe Corona's bringing. Jonathan Dos Santos, Sebastian Leges, Chris Pontius, the goal scorers, all playing well. 
yeah, the Galaxy are much improved. Now, again, defensively, they're still going to have some issues, I think, for a while. And they're still, gonna, they're still trying to figure that out. But that was a really well-played game by LA Galaxy. It looks like both LA teams are, are truly for real. And there is nothing wrong with that when it comes to battling and determining who's going to be the best in this city. That is exciting. I know the fan bases don't want to hear that. They don't. They want to be dominant. It's just not going to happen, I don't think. I don't think either team's going to be dominant this season versus the other. Not even necessarily heads up. I just mean in terms of the campaign, right? Because you could certainly argue that although not heads up, not you know head-to-head, LAFC's season was much more dominant last year than the Galaxy's. I don't think anybody would even argue that. There are some messes around MLS, and it's a really it's just such a joy to talk about San Jose Earthquakes. And I love Matias Almeida. I, I make no bones about that. I know a lot of people don't like Chivas. I like what he did there, winning Champions League. Great coach. He comes to the Earthquakes. I thought that was a brilliant move. I don't like the move because I hate the Earthquakes, and he's a good coach. But, man, is it a mess there. That team is an unmitigated disaster right now. And I don't think it's Almeida at all, because they've been a disaster for a while. They have absolutely been a disaster. But man, it is fun to watch, isn't it? I am so pumped for what's going down in MLS. We've got a game coming up here on ESPN. We are the home of the Black and Gold, so of course, Saturday, LAFC taking on RSL, who just got absolutely waxed 5-0 in their most recent game. So that ought to be interesting because you know RSL is going to come out and a place they won a, a playoff game last year, Bank of California Stadium, and come out firing despite the fact they're going to be shorthanded. LAFC, of course, missing players with the, with the window. Christian Ramirez with the U.S. team. We'll talk more about that coming up. Mark Anthony Kay gone, you know, and, you know, a couple of more. So it's not, you know, everybody's shorthanded this weekend because of the international window. There's just not that many MLS games, which is a good thing, I think, for the league overall. LA Galaxy, in fact, have the weekend off. Still got a lot to get to. I am Dave Denholm. We've got a giveaway that you're going to want to be listening for coming up later on the show. You will not want to miss. It is a massive giveaway. I promise you're going to love it. Here on Soccer Weekly, I'm Dave Denholm and you on the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. This is Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. We roll on here as we do each and every week on the home of world football. And uh, don't forget, we got a massive giveaway coming up. I'm not underselling it or overselling it, I should say. I am not overselling it at all. You are going to want to stay tuned for that coming up a little bit later on the show. You are not going to want to miss what we are giving you the opportunity to do here from ESPN LA 710. And uh, time now for Black and Gold Breakdown. And a big part of the black and gold, and of course he's a mainstay in the back line and a, a good guy all the way around. Walker Zimmerman joining us on the show. Walker, thanks for taking the time, buddy. Thank you very much, Dave. Always a pleasure. Yeah, it is good to talk to you again. Uh, Walker, let's uh, dive right into the season thus far. Off to a very good start, certainly. Uh, undefeated, the one road uh, draw in your first road game coming on the weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that. But overall, you got to be very, very pleased with how 2019 has started for the black and gold. Definitely. I think if you look at the opponents that we've played, um, to, to be seven points through three games, I think uh, we would definitely take that to start the year. Yeah, I, I would agree. Let's step back a little bit, Walker. Very tough schedule 
as you guys start the campaign. And, you know, look, I understand in MLS, any team can bite you on any given day. But coming in against teams like Sporting Kansas City, Portland, teams that you expect to really be battling with tooth and nail in the West, you, your guys' focus was really sharp through training camp. Was it partially because you knew that it was going to be a very difficult time here early in the season? That's a great question. Uh, I don't know that our focus was just on those early games. I think we were just, in general, trying to improve our mentality uh, for the whole year and accumulate as many points as possible throughout the long season. Obviously, that means you have to start off very well, um, and we know that Portland and KC were two teams uh, coming off of playoff berths in 2018. Uh, they would be very tough opponents. KC, obviously, were in form in Champions League. Portland uh, went deep last year, so we knew it was a tough start. But uh, definitely to get six points in those two games was huge. And then we took it to New York City, which is always just an interesting game, uh, given all the different factors. And to walk away with a point, I think we have to be pleased. We are talking with Walker Zimmerman on the Black and Gold Breakdown here on the home of the Black and Gold. This is ESPN LA. I'm Dev Denholm with Walker, center back for LAFC. And Walker, as we talk about the defense, I actually had somebody ask me if I was concerned about this a few days ago. Uh, still no shutout here in three games, so I'll just put mm-hmm. it back to you. Uh, why? What has happened here, I guess? Now, again, the competition's been very good, and seven points is seven points. That's all that matters, really. But I know you guys mm-hmm. looked at it a little bit deeper defensively. You guys, defenders, you're always worried about those shutouts. What's gone down in which case? I always say, Walker, make them score great goals. So far, it seems right. like that's what your opponents are doing, quite frankly. Yeah, there have definitely been some good goals scored against you. You're not going to get a shutout every game. Obviously, yeah. we would like to, uh, especially as a defense. Uh, that's a big priority for us is to always keep a zero on the sheet. But I think you look at the chances that we've allowed, um, not a lot of chances every game. you know. So uh, even the Kansas City game, I only remember a few shots. If on goal, uh, Portland's goal came off a set piece, which is just a, a lapse of concentration where we all have to be better and more organized. Um, so that's not even from the run of play. Yeah. And then another uh, set of okay goals in New York City. I would like to do better on the second one for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, when you look at it and you say, okay, it's been three games, given up four goals. Um, you you want to end the year always with – you want to be under one goal against a game. And that's, that's our goal. Um, and so obviously we're a little bit above that right now, but I don't think it's any cause for concern. I've been very pleased with the effort from – from the whole group. Well, that's Walker's answer. What I answered, my buddy who asked, was honestly, I, and I don't say this because I'm talking to you now, but you guys mm-hmm. have been in much more control defensively, it seems, than even a lot of mm-hmm. times last year, if that makes sense. You know, like, you're you're not dominating. Uh, that's not, Nobody's going to dominate teams, uh, you know, week in and week out, but you, like, are in much more control. Can you talk? Why is that so far this season? Well, I think we're always a team that's going to get forward and commit numbers to be dangerous. And so I think you made a great point. If you look at, you know, chances created for our team versus chances created against our team, I think that uh, spread and that differential is going to be extremely high. I'd be shocked if it wasn't one of the highest in the league. Um, I I think it really is a mentality. Um, It's also a chemistry factor. you got three of the four guys are returning um, from last year's starting lineup for the most part. Um, and so there is there is a level of chemistry there. I think Eddie's stepped in and done a really good job adapting to the league, adapting to our style of play and our team, and uh, overall just the focus and, and the concentration to uh, make sure if we do give up a goal that it's not something that's um, an easy goal or a mistake. 
Um, and so I think from that regard, we've done pretty well. Yeah. We are talking with Walker Zimmerman, center back for LAFC. You mentioned him by name. He was my next question. How, how, why is Eddie Segura fitting in so well? Well, I think he's, he's fearless. He's a guy that uh, is very aggressive on the field, and so he, he has done very well in his 1v1 defending. Um, he, you know, he, we're learning each and every game how to communicate a little bit better. Um, he's obviously uh, you know, a Spanish speaker who's trying really hard to learn English. I'm trying to speak with him in Spanish sometimes as well. And so we're just growing and, and connecting in that regard. But he's, he's doing everything the right way. He's approaching his training in the right professional way. And so uh, I think he's had a good run of games, and we look to just continue to get more comfortable together uh, each and every game. Well, I, it seems like you guys are both a couple of guys who, well, you know, you're in your mid-20s. He's an early-20s guy. You're both going on, like, soccer, th- you know, mid-30s, you know, the way you play. So mm-hmm. especially for a kid like him, that seems to me like he hasn't been phased at all, and uh, he's yeah, stepped right in. Now, what about those two old men that are uh, traveling <laughs> down the wings for you guys still? Yeah, uh, those 30-plus-year-olds, those man. <laughs> they literally, uh, no, you they... guys play like you're 30-plus, but they, they, they literally <laughs> are. So Right, right. No, they're, uh, they're very smart players, very good professionals. And, uh, you know, I think when you look at our back line, our strengths, I think, Again, I bring up communication because it's so important for a back line. Um, and then again, the chemistry. And so just being, you know, having probably over 30 games now with Beta, um, and myself kind of together, um, Harvey is adjusting to Eddie very well. And I think they're also getting their positioning more improved in our system. And so whether that's tucking inside, allowing the winger to come wide, um, which is a little bit unique for, for some teams, I think they're getting very comfortable with that idea as well as being uh, really aggressive stepping up to opposing outside mids, which allows us to slide over and defend out wide. Um, so I think overall, just our understanding tactically of how we want to move, we're a little bit sharper, a little bit quicker, and that's just allowed for us to kind of um, be more organized and, and pen opponents back a little bit. All right, Walker, I waited till now to ask. As a guy who I think the second time we ever talked told me that you would have been a number nine if you weren't a defender, hmm. How long did it take you getting over missing that, that ball early in the game there? I, it, look, yeah. it was a tough chance. Well, I, believe me, yeah. on the broadcast, well, what, it wasn't like I was saying, oh, he should have scored. Right. But, you know. Well, what's funny about that is I didn't act, I wasn't actually shooting on that play. Um, oh, you were so trying to cross saw, it back. back. Oh, I okay. saw Christian Ramirez at the six, and I knew it was going to one-hot bounce on me, so it had been a very tough finish. Oh, yeah. And a tough cross with the inside of my foot. So I actually – I tried to hit, use the sole of my foot to pat it down across the Christian, which, uh, you know, I don't regret the decision because I think that is the right play. It's the smart play. Um, but then obviously looking back when I, I do love trying to finish and score goals, you know, part of you just wonders, man, if I would have just tried to finish that one myself, uh, I would have approached the ball differently and maybe gotten a good chance. But uh, I don't regret the decision. I think it was the right play. Uh, it just didn't come off unselfish till the end he is walker zimmerman <laughs> lafc now walker is joining the ranks of what i'm doing a little bit of and what you are listening to probably as you drive to and from work is the locker room with walker zimmerman at lafc.com your new podcast uh what are you what are you doing with that i know it's very early and uh, you've only had i think mm-hmm. one episode right that i've heard and correct uh, yes with yes. aaron uh, aaron kovar former teammate who has since retired what are you what are you doing with the locker room walker well, you know, LAFC approached me and they said, um, hey, we were thinking this might be a good idea for you uh, just to kind of use your communication degree now, which I finally have, thank goodness. Uh, nice. 
and just combine um, to give listeners a more in-depth look at what's kind of going on behind the scenes or around the locker room. And it kind of gave me free reign with it. And so I, I took that opportunity to try and come up with some criteria for what I wanted listeners to walk away with. And so the three things I mentioned in episode one that I hope to do for the listeners is one, help them learn something new. And that can be in any shape or form about any subject. Two, I hope to inspire them to become better versions of themselves. And then three, I want them to be entertained. And I, I mentioned if we could accomplish one of those goals on every episode, on every episode, I would consider that a success. And so I think episode one, uh, if you haven't heard it, please check it out. Give me your feedback. But it's a good look at kind of life outside soccer, um, Aaron Kovar's decision to retire and, and move on to finishing his degree at Stanford, as well as giving a couple reading recommendations, uh, talking about our friendship a little bit. And I, I think it's a good listen, and I look forward to just becoming creative and producing a lot of different content. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil what next week's episode's about, but it's going to be kind of a different vein, a uh, different topic, a little bit more sports-related. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be a, a good thing for fans and, and others to kind of uh, listen to to see what it's like in the locker room every day. Nice. And is that kind of a weekly thing you're expecting? Is that So I'm expecting to, to do it every two weeks, two weeks. Uh, to have an episode every two weeks. Yep. Awesome. And, of course, as, uh, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, all the usual places. Go to YouTube as well. He is Walker Zimmerman. It is The Locker Room, his new podcast for LAFC. And uh, you can also check it out, LAFC.com as well. Walker, always a pleasure, buddy. We'll see you uh, coming up in a, a couple days as we get ready for RSL. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on, Dave. You bet. Walker Zimmerman. This is Black and Gold Breakdown. He is a huge part of uh, trying to break, to break down the Black and Gold. That center of defense has been rock solid so far in seven points through the first three games. Hey, we still have the giveaway to get to. I promise I'm not overselling it. You will not want to miss it. And uh, all of that and so much more. we got stoppage time still to come. I am Dave Danhome. You are listening to the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. We do march on here on Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Thanks again to Walker Zimmerman, LAFC center back. Good to talk to him on Black and Gold Breakdown. If you miss any part of the show, speaking of podcasts, and Walker has a new one, uh, The Locker Room. You want to check that out at LAFC.com. You can find it anywhere you can find your normal podcasts. And he's a, a good I – lo- I like what uh, Walker Zimmerman brings perspective-wise, too, off, outside of the pitch. So that's an interesting – idea for LAFC to approach him and to do a podcast. It's the Locker Room with Walker Zimmerman. If you miss anything of this show, like his interview, or if you want to check out the f- segments or whatever, you miss the first segment every week, or you're driving home, you're not out of work yet, you can always podcast our show. You can uh, listen to the podcast, Soccer Weekly. Check it out on iTunes, wherever you, you know, Stitcher, wherever you go find your podcast. Go to the ESPN Pod Center. It's up very quickly after the show. Michael Funches, Adam Bronstein, Jesse, and uh, all the gang do a great job getting those up as soon as possible. We appreciate that. It is Soccer Weekly. You can subscribe, rate, and review. Let us know. Look, I've been in radio for a long time. If you hate the show, you can tell me. It's fine. You're not going to hate the show. You know that. But if, if you do, I can take the truth. And a lot of times the truth is very positive. We appreciate that. And it does help the show without a doubt. Uh, speaking without a doubt, without a doubt, you are going to love what we got for you right now. It's our LAFC MCB VIP giveaway, right? Money can't buy you this. That's our ESPN LA 710. We love the MCB, the money can't buy giveaways. It's your VIP giveaway. Are you ready for your shot? 
It's an LAFC money can't buy experience that you're going to love. This Saturday, that's March 23rd, of course, LAFC's taking on Real Salt Lake. We were talking about it. They face off at the bank, Bank of California Stadium. This LAFC VIP experience includes two game tickets, an autographed memorabilia signed by LAFC player, pre-match sideline access. You're going to watch the teams warm up from the sideline over by where LAFC warms up. And all you got to do is be caller number 7 or 10. We're going to have two winners. We're looking for a caller 7 and 10 to win the LAFC VIP experience right now at 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Be caller number 7 and 10. Each of you are going to get two game tickets, that autographed piece of memorabilia signed by a player, and sideline access during the pregame to watch the teams warm up. Yeah, that's your money can't buy experience for LAFC, and it is a beauty here coming up Saturday. Caller number 7, caller number 10 at 877-710-ESPN. Now, some of you hit me up on Twitter at Talk Soccer saying, hey, the, the, somebody answered, and they hung up on me. Why didn't I win? It's like, well, you were probably caller number 4, or 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, or maybe you were caller 8 or 9. That's the problem. I mean, for you. Sorry. Uh, but you didn't quite win. Keep trying. 7 and 10 at 877-710-ESPN. The calls are flooding in now. And uh, we've got uh, uh, that. We got plenty of giveaways to give. You know, during the season. Don't worry if you don't win this time. You know, the LAFC money can't buy VIP giveaway, courtesy of ESPN LA seven ten and the Los Angeles Football Club. We appreciate that. Now on to the U.S. Men's National Team. We've got the Gold Cup this year. Remember, later in the year. So it's an important year. It's an important year for the U.S. Right, because we're trying to get over the misery of missing the World Cup in two thousand eighteen. Anyway, we're moving on with Greg Berhalter. We're trying to get that out of our minds as fast as possible. What was a disaster, disaster that cannot happen again, which was not qualifying for the World Cup, can't have it again. So we're trying to move on as fast as we can under new manager Greg Berhalter. Well, he's got a couple of important friendlies coming up here. Tomorrow, they take on Ecuador, Thursday, March 21st. That's in Orlando. And then the U.S. next week plays Chile. Right? So... By the way, our show next week is the day before, I think, that game, too. We're actually on Monday next week, so we're a quick turnaround for Soccer Weekly. So tell your friends, it's on a Monday next week. But uh, you look at this U.S. roster, yeah, usual suspects a lot of places, but, you know, no Walker Zimmerman. I think Greg Berhalter knows what he has. He's basically admitted that with Walker. They do have Christian Ramirez on the roster, which is cool. And, of course, you have Sebastian Legette representing LA Galaxy. And Legette's looking for his eighth and maybe ninth caps. Ramirez has had two caps and a goal for the U.S., which he just scored in that most recent window. A good roster. It's a solid mix of some uh, guys you're well and truly familiar with who play over in Europe, maybe or something, and then some guys who are just getting either getting started in Europe or maybe they're just getting going for the U.S. They still play in MLS. Nice mix. Players I want to keep an eye on. Of course, Christian Pulis- Pulisic. You know, he's had that up-and-down season with Dortmund because he's leaving and going off to a Chelsea next season. Paul Areola is a kid who continues to get better and better. And I say kid, he's a seasoned veteran. But I'm starting to be very intrigued by him. But the guy to watch is Tyler Adams. And that was the big story a little bit this week. As word came out that it looks like, or there's thought of, Adams actually going to play it right back in this Greg Berhalter system. And people freaked out initially. Because Tyler Adams is a classic D-mid to me. And I didn't like hearing it initially because for so long I think we tinker so much in the U.S. because we don't know what we're doing most of the time. 
in soccer, or we didn't for a lot of year, a lot of years. I think it's getting better and better, but we didn't know what we were doing on some level for a long time. So everybody's just like, "Oh well, put him back at right back, or put him back at left back. He's got speed." You know, it's just like kind of. Well, let's try that. We don't know what we're doing anyway. Let's try that. But this has a a much different feel to it. Greg Berhalter, A, knows what he's doing, and B, knows that Tyler Adams will not be stuck at the right-back spot. It's not really what's going to happen. You're going to see Adams getting into more of the spots he loves on the pitch. A little deeper, turn and go, and get rid of the football. But more importantly, kind of be that fulcrum to the defense. That's what I believe. That's what I, I you know, I think is going to happen. I think a lot of people believe that's what's going to happen with Tyler Adams. But that kid is good. Have you been watching him in the Bundesliga? Steps right into RB Leipzig like he's playing with NYRB coming from the New York Red Bulls. He belongs. You know, and it again, it's a joke I like to make a lot, but it's the sad part is I'm really mocking fellow American soccer fans who just somehow Continue to believe that MLS is just such an inferior product that it's not even compa- like heaven for you know it's too bad Tyler Adams was ruined by MLS and New York Red Bulls right? Oops, he just steps into one of the best teams in Germany and is one of the best players they have. And yes, he was great in MLS too. I'm not saying he was some average MLS player and he's dominant in Germany. No, but he, you knew he was going to be good. It's akin to Miguel Almiron. Now, he's not an American, but, oh, he's coming from MLS. We snooty uh, English fans here in America. There's no way he's... Yeah, right. If you said that, you're lying. And Almiron's been New- Newcastle's best player since he's been there. So, it, you know, look, it's just a shame that MLS just destroys these players, right? They can't develop it. Stop! Utterly absurd. And Tyler Adams is living and breathing proof of that. Walks right in and is as good as any player they got at Leipzig. If not, frankly, the best player. He's been a revelation for them. Not every game, but consistently. He has been darn good. At, at, at least, let's put it that way. So the game against Ecuador coming up tomorrow. Some familiar names you'll see for Ecuador if you're not even if you're not even an Ecuador fan necessarily. But Antonio Valencia, of course, pops out. You've got uh, Preciado from uh, Santos down in the Liga Mackeys. Keep an eye on him. Oh, but you got some guys from uh, MLS. You got what? Carlos Grezzo is going to be there. Romario Ibarra from Minnesota United. You've got some good players from Liga MX, not just uh, you know, Preciado. There's some good. There's some good talent on uh, on the roster for uh, Ecuador. It'll be a good game. Enter Valencia comes to mind, of course, a veteran. Certainly likes to score for Ecuador. So yeah, I like that. I like the matchup. It'll be fun. I again, not life or death. The result. I want to just see a good match, like. With the U.S. playing well, if the U.S. plays well, there's a good chance they'll win. That's always the key, right? So if, if the U.S. plays well against anybody, there's a good chance they're going to win. I don't care who it is. It's just getting that consistency, and that's what we're going to have to look for for Greg Berhalter, who's off to a good start. 
But we want to see. I want to see it more consistently. I'm looking forward to that match because of that. That's what I want to just dive into when it comes to those matches, right? And then, of course, Chile. Chile rebuilding after missing the World Cup as well. That's going to be intriguing. We'll see the differences with that. You know, you got to keep an eye on that. And once again, by the way, we have a winner for the Money Can't Buy giveaway. We got the two winners. We appreciate that. Uh, there will be more giveaways throughout the season when it comes to LAFC and ESPN LA. So uh, don't uh, don't go anywhere when it comes to Soccer Weekly each and every week. You can follow me on Twitter, at TalkSoccer, to find out where we're living time and time again when it comes to that uh, as well. G- good news out of... By the way, I don't want to over or gloss over it. Uh, CONCACAF Champions League, a lot of bad news for MLS. Remember last week, everybody got dumped. Good news out of it is that uh, Sporting Kansas City moves on. So Sporting Kansas City going on and in, uh, in, uh, CONCACAF play, in Champions League play, they got a good shot. I mean, look, they got a tough matchup, of course, but every matchup at this point is just brutal, right? In the, fi- in the semifinals, you've got Santos taking on Tigres, which is just... That's magnificent. I mean, <laughs> the winner of Champions League likely will come out of that matchup, although Monterey is going to have something to say about it, as will Sporting. These are four great teams. Sporting Kansas City, of course, will play Monterey in the other semifinal. These are the four best teams that were in the competition. They deserve to be in the final. And it's good to see Sporting Kansas City, even though I hate them in MLS. I sports hate them with a passion in MLS. But I'm going to be rooting for him against Monterey because I don't really like Monterey anyway. But I, you know, it's MLS, so I would hope that they'll do the job. So can't wait to look at that. Those, are, those games are up coming up in early April. But I just wanted to stress how I was really impressed with how Sporting Kansas City got it done to get to the semifinals. Still to come, we've got stoppage time. A little bit of a quirky look at some of the stuff going on. Uh, LA Care, your injury report coming up. That and so much more. I am Dave Dunholm. This is Soccer Weekly on the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. It is Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. We do have the couple of winners for the Money Can't Buy giveaway for LAFC. Thank you so much for everybody involved in that, calling in. And to the winners, enjoy yourselves there at the game. Coming up against RSL, you'll hear it right here on ESPN LA. We are the home of the black and gold. LA Galaxy do have the weekend off it is time for the L.A. Care Injury Report, speaking of LAFC and L.A. Galaxy. At L.A. Care, our mission has always been to provide quality, affordable health care coverage to all Angelinos. For more information, visit LACare.org today. L.A. Care for all of L.A. And the reason I bring up the Galaxy, they do have the weekend off, which is good news, because, of course, Zlatan still has that Achilles injury that's not looking great. There's really no timetable that I've seen out there by any means, but uh, that is a very, very much a concern for a guy who's pushing close to 40 and already was coming off that big injury where he he held up very well last year let's be honest now this is a different issue because that was a knee thing but this is the Achilles and you never know with an Achilles if it's I mean you don't you don't want to rush that let's put it that way you know Romano Alessandrini still struggling of course with the injury Perry Kitchen Juninho LAFC has some injuries as well we saw Steven Bateshore miss the game against NYCFC I don't think they're going to rush him back although uh, reports like Kevin Baxter, the great reporter from the LA Times, talking about how he was reporting that uh, Badisher was in practice and all that. You know, Lee Wynn, he missed the game against uh, NYCFC. He's coming back. He should be good. You know, he's going to be fine. It's not like some long term thing. You still have uh, Fito Zelaya trying to get back to health and the like. So, yeah, both teams, you know, 
LA Galaxy a little bit obviously more worried in terms of injuries overall, but uh, both teams not exactly a hundred percent fit right now. We'll see how that shakes out. And by the way, for the uh, for RSL, uh, Justin Glad, Jordan Allen are longer term injuries, and Joao Plasta is on the injury list, just undisclosed. It says there's no word, and even if it's question, you know, we'll see how that shakes out in the next couple of days. They're going to be missing some players anyway, a couple of red cards in their game, and then of course Corey Baird was called up for the U.S. national team among a couple of other international call-ups. So it's going to be an interesting weekend for sure for LAFC and for uh, RSL in that game, which you'll hear right here on Saturday night. It's a 7.30 kickoff. Pre-game starts at 7 o'clock I think, right here on ESPN LA. So injuries already a bit of a concern there. That is your LA Care injury report. And we were talking a little bit earlier, of course, LAFC and Walker Zimmerman. Then you got into the U.S. men's national team. And, and some people were wondering, you know, what happens this summer with the Gold Cup? Look, that's just MLS, right? We have a we have a spring to fall league, and you're going to have to miss some time. The good thing about this, if you're just wondering, or if you're not really thought much about it, is LAFC schedule is pretty thin during the month of June. Not every team is quite as thin, but LAFC really catches a break during that crucial month of June, which is the lion's share of what's going to be happening with the Gold Cup, right? So if you take a look at the schedule overall for LAFC, yeah, they got a couple of games in June, a couple of road games. So if you're uh, maybe a season ticket holder, if you're you know worried about missing games or whatever during the month of June, well, there's no home games currently scheduled. They have a, a road game on the 1st at Portland Timbers, Providence Park, and then on the 28th of June against Colorado. So everything in between, they're off. It's like a full three-plus weeks off between games. Now, here's the kicker, though. U.S. Open Cup does start during that time. LAFC certainly went after it last season. Bob Bradley made no bones about, we want to win this thing. I suspect they'll do their best to do that again. And I guess, in theory, you could look at it like, yeah, you're going to be missing some players for the Gold Cup for sure, but you can give some players some real opportunity since you got so many weeks off anyway you can make a real run at the early stages of the the U.S. Open Cup, right? That first game, I think, is around the 10th or 11th of June scheduled for. We don't know who we're playing yet or anything, but that's the time frame for it. Go for it. It'll be perfect for LAFC in a sense. Keep guys sharp. Give them good games, you know, certainly games that matter. And LAFC made a great run last year. Hopefully they can win the U.S. Open Cup. Again, it's a ticket to CONCACAF Champions League, so why not? You go for it. But, it, I mean, the MLS schedule couldn't work out any better realistically during the month of June and the Gold Cup and all the dilemma for for LAFC. So we'll see how it shakes out as that month of June rolls through with MLS. It is time now for everybody's favorite segment of the show. It is stoppage time. Oh, stoppage time. Normally the great producer of this show, Mario Rees, the host, he is off gallivanting on vacation. I think Adam, he was, I'm pretty sure he was watching the uh, the Dodgers a little bit. So i got to give him credit for that. He loves L.A. But I'm going to take over the hosting duties of this stoppage time segment. And we go back to L.A. Galaxy legend, which is always fun to say when you consider where else he played in his storied career, David Beckham. Now, he wasn't in the news for the statue. Uh, did you see the James Corden thing, though? Check out that video where they did a fake statue unveiling with Beckham before the real one recently, and it was awful. It was like that Cristiano Ronaldo statue bad, and you can see how David Beckham was trying to be... Po- it was a great video. Just check it out 
Loved it, what James Corden did. I'm not getting any, giving anything away from it, but there's some good twists in it, let's put it that way, and it is worth your 8 to 10 minutes or whatever it took. Well, Beckham has plans, of course, with Inter-Miami. It's going to be a new MLS team coming up. They're going to look like to play, before they get their actual, like the new stadium built, it looks like they're going to temporarily house in a place that some of you are probably very familiar with if you are diehard MLS historians like myself. Like, we go way back, right? Lockhart Stadium in Fort Lauderdale. If it rings a bell, it should. It's the old former home of the Miami Fusion going back in the day. Remember the Fusion? Oh, they're long since gone at MLS. They were uh, retracted along with Tampa Bay Mutiny. And yeah, Lockhart Stadium is where they're going to try to revict. It was interesting. If you can go see footage of the, the reason I bring it up is go see footage of the presser, the press conference that David Beckham had with a couple of people to announce that they're going to use Lockhart Stadium as a temporary place in terms of before they get their actual stadium built. And it looks like they're going to put enough money in to kind of make it a better project, maybe even use it for other things going forward. And according to an ESPN.com story uh, over at ESPN FC, they're going to, you know, as they announced, they're going to try to use it for anticipating a USL side, like a lower level, like the Alley Galaxy 2 kind of thing. So that's a very good plan. And I think that's very cool. But you should see what Lockhart Stadium looks like now. So go check out the uh, video of the press coverage. It is fascinating. It's like one of those, you know, when the Olympics happen in the city and then 10 years later nobody has used that particular stadium. Like it was for, like, I don't know, Olympic diving or something, and nobody has swam in the pool since, and it's just decrepit. It looks like it looks like a ghost. It, that's what Lockhart Stadium looks like, the feel of it right now. It's kind of cool to see what they're going to do with it, but it's also cool to see what it looks like now. That is stoppage time for this week. And, uh, yeah, check out that with David Beckham and their plans for Inter-Miami CF. Should be very interesting what they can do with that. Don't forget, again, coming up on the weekend, Saturday night, you'll hear it right here on ESPN LA. It's uh, LAFC and RSL. I'll have the call for you here at 7 o'clock for the pregame, 7.30 for the kickoff. Thanks so much to Adam Bronstein. I am Dave Denholm. You have been listening to the home of world football here in Southern California, ESPN LA, 710.